This is Neil, your host for Paranormally Speaking. I've got more weird stuff lined up this week. A whole episode dedicated to strange and paranormal current events, weird news, and some of the most bizarre shit I could possibly unearth. All from the most recent weeks in not-so-headlined news, if I can be quite frank. This is stuff that flows under the radar. I managed to scrape it out and find it. I'll be doing the whole episode based around that and a few more added anecdotes as usual. I like to keep it fresh and interesting. Please stay tuned. I will be right back with more in store. Unparalleled insider access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Well, the Queen of England has died. It happened late last week. And so many people, it's, it's almost divided globally. There are a lot of people who are truly sad about it. They saw the queen as a sweet grandmother. They saw the queen as a sweet old lady. They saw the queen as something that represents a bygone era. Uh, from, a, from a time of kings and queens and rulers of ancient lands. And that she was a philanthropist. Things of that sort. But that honestly couldn't be further from the truth. She was horrible to Princess Diana. Just as bad as she was to Prince Harry's, well, he gave up the royal stature. But still, his wife was treated like absolute trash by the Queen of England and the rest of the dignitaries. Because they saw her as a half-breed and would refer to her as that. And say truly racist and horrific things to her and about her on a regular basis. And the thing that a lot of people aren't considering or thinking about, and those that are thinking about it, I applaud you for knowing your history. Queen Elizabeth took the throne of England in 1952. During her reign, British soldiers committed widespread atrocities against Kenyans and against people of India. In Kenya, at the height of the Mau Mau uprising between 1952 and 1960, Roughly 1.5 million people were forced into concentration camps where they were subject subjected to torture, rape, and other violations. On top of that, around the same time, under the rule of the Queen of England, more than 300,000 children from India were abducted by British soldiers and forced into Western schools in England and to learn the way of the West, to learn the way of diplomacy, indoctrinating, indoctrinating these children into 
a forced ideology. And some people might not might not find a problem with that because people in third world nations have always been labeled as savages. Just look at what our ancestors did with through manifest destiny and colonizing the new world and committing full-blown genocide against the native inhabitants of this land to create the land of the free. It's an unpopular opinion, which is actually what I'm focusing on this week on Paranormally Speaking. 16 unpopular opinions this month alone that have really divided the internet. Batman should kill the Joker. That's always been a discussion. It's been a hot topic. I get that it's been beat to death, but first let's accept the Joker's premise. Ignoring how freaking stupid it is, Batman killing the Joker makes him the same as the Joker. A mass murderer who exists to cause chaos and kill innocent people. Yeah. Okay, let's assume Joker is correct. Who freaking cares? Batman sending the Joker to prison will just result in his inevitable escape, leading to more deaths of innocent people, and those deaths, of course, are on Batman's hands. Instead of trying to win a stupid ideological battle that means nothing, do the uh, unilateral thing, kill the murderer who is killing people, and will not stop until he's dead. The Batman is ultimately just a slave of the Joker's game, buying into his dumb philosophy, and it shows that Batman values his own ego and being right over protecting society. Yeah, I get this is probably the point, but I digress. Another unpopular opinion on the internet the last couple of weeks would be Luke Skywalker is the chosen one and you'll never convince me otherwise. Yeah, this is also from Reddit. I know George Lucas said in some interview that Anakin was the chosen one, but given his 1984 level of revisionist history, I wouldn't trust him to accurately say what he had for breakfast, let alone something that is so much bigger than him personally. It seemed totally obvious to me when The Phantom Menace came out that the prophecy was really about Luke and mistakenly thinking it was about Anakin. It was kind of like the Christ-Antichrist concept, except in this story, the Antichrist came first. And like, mistakenly thinking it was about Anakin was going to be the thing that bites the Jedi in the ass. When Yoda talks about how they might have misinterpreted the prophecy, this becomes a slam dunk. Even the characters in the movie were realizing they screwed up somehow. And of course, in Rebels, Kenobi flat out tells Maul, who already suspected it was Luke, that yes, Luke is the chosen one. I'm sure there's stuff in books, comics, and video games that contradict me, but honestly, I barely consider cartoons to be canon with what is released in books versus film. And as I pointed out, the cartoons are with me at least some of the time. The more obscure expanded media isn't going to persuade me otherwise. Luke is the one who brought Anakin back. Anything Anakin did in the throne room to restore balance to the Force is because of Luke. You think that's a good argument? Jimmy Neutron is an unlikable character. Getting older, I realize how much I hated Jimmy Neutron, the character, not the show itself. 
He has no regard for anyone in his life. Kind of like Caillou. He treats his friends like they're stupid. Doesn't listen to his parents while destroying their property and general items on a regular basis. He undermines his teachers, and he just acts like he's better than everyone else. Jimmy Neutron's kind of a dick. For starters, his friends are always interested in what he's doing, and he just doesn't care about them. Carl is always concerned for the well-being and tries to talk to Jimmy, talking him out of doing stupid things. Carl has every right to be concerned, but Jimmy just dismisses everything he has to say. Sheen is literally the friendliest guy who just wants to play video games and just wants to have fun, but Jimmy just treats him like he's an idiot too. All Jimmy wants to talk about is his science projects and never what they want to do unless it involves him doing science stuff for them. Bulby wouldn't have won the talent show if Jimmy would have just let things be normal and decided to be a supportive friend. But no, his mom literally tells him to do anything, not to do anything dumb, like go to space, don't blow up shit, don't destroy the house, don't let Goddard pee on the carpet. He never listens. I'm beginning to think Fanboy and Chum Chum were the better tweens than Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, I could keep going, but honestly, Jimmy Neutron is a shit person. I cannot be convinced otherwise. Everyone thinks he's cool because he's smart, but he only does things for his own personal gain. And that one was from Reddit user Taco Bella Skank. If you can't joke about horrible things, you're not fun to be around. This one I could not agree with more. This is from Reddit user Silly Guitar. People who cannot detect irony are unbearable when they are in the room. You shouldn't have to lace every single thing you say with trying to get a laugh with disclaimers so that the person who's miserable with a stuck uh, stick up their ass doesn't try to take the moment to get on his soapbox about something you were being ironic about in the first place. It is genuinely amazing how I never claim to be funny, but every person who knows about this and knows this about me has the same response. Maybe you're just not funny. Laugh my ass off. If you cannot even entertain the idea of an attempt at irony, not coming from a place of malice, you're exactly who I'm talking about and living your life on eggshells like this sounds exhausting to me. Another unpopular opinion. Walter White from Breaking Bad was pathetic. When people talk about Breaking Bad, they often seem to think of Walter as some badass who goes from being a nerd to being some genuine drug lord, a genius of sorts. And I always question whether they actually watched the show. The plot is literally driven by Walt's constant mistakes. He always wanted more and more validation due to his extreme insecurity. He wasn't great at combating his opponents. When he won, it was mostly by luck. The way he treated Jesse and his family was pathetic and disgusting. And he never would have been in the situation as a whole if he hadn't let Grey Matter steal his shit. I wish Donald Glover didn't become a rapper and starred in more comedies. That's another unpopular opinion. Currently rewatching Community for the third time, and I'm amazed that I've never been more attracted to his acting. He is such a great comedy actor, 
And I know that a lot of people don't share my feelings, but back in the days when I watched the series for the first time and I learned that he left community to concentrate on his rap career, I was really disappointed because I wanted more of him on the show. Like he was really a Troy. I was like, no, don't waste your goofy comedy talent, dude. But I would have to disagree with Reddit user Gone and Happy because Childish Gambino is a musical mastermind. He is the black David Bowie. He is neck and neck on lyrical and musical obscurity with Radiohead and Tool. He really is a genius artist when it comes to his music. His acting is really good, but his music is much better. Trick-or-treating shouldn't have an age limit. That's from Reddit user Organized Mess. I think trick-or-treating should really have no age limit, mainly because there's a lot of kids who love trick-or-treating and have to stop just because you reached a certain age. I know it doesn't have a set-in-stone age limit. People just tell their kids to stop trick-or-treating because they reach the age of 12 or 13, but there are ages where it would be a bit weird, probably like 21, probably because it's not normal, like an elderly person going trick-or-treating, or maybe someone middle-aged would be a bit off. The next one is from The Running MD on Reddit. It's bullshit that Superman is always depicted as extremely buff. Instead, he should look like a skinny weakling. I don't know where that came from. Superman is incredibly strong, so strong that in some depictions, he can just move planets with ease. Even in his weakest versions, he can lift things like cars with ease. There's no way he would ever have any form of resistance necessary to look like a roided-out bodybuilder. The only way it makes sense is if he would look like a skinny weakling, but actually be incredibly strong. Because in order for your muscles to grow, you need some form of resistance on them. If you lift heavy weights, small micro tears of your muscles, and they occur. And when they heal, they grow a bit. But in order for this to happen, you need something to give your muscles relative resistance to your strength. And obviously there is a lot more science behind this, but this is how it very generally goes. One Piece is not good anime from Momtron5000. Just my opinion. Like, I don't like the art style, the stories, how long it is, or anything else it has to offer. I've tried multiple times to give it a chance, but my heart said, nope. I keep hearing that the manga is very good. I'm not interested, but I'm older now, so I really don't want to go back and give it a shot. Maybe one day. I'm not coming after anyone's favorite anime. It's just my opinion, and I've stated you guys can get crazy with it. This is from NoWeb1946. Pulp Fiction is not a good movie. This person is sick in the head. I'm so tired of getting recommended this movie over and over again. Seeing clips from it blasted all over film-related Instagram pages and seeing it on top list after top list. It's not a bad movie. Sam Jackson is great in it and Quentin Tarantino writes some sharp dialogue. But best movie ever? Best movie of the 90s? Best movie of 1994? Even that? Hell no. It's not even Tarantino's best film. I get that it's all masculine and hip, and you feel like a film expert when you explain to a girl at a bar, but it's really not that special of a movie. 
South Park is not funny, according to Available Travel 603. I kind of agree with you. I think it reached its life expectancy with the movie they released, which the movie is what turned me off from the show because it was so beyond sacrilegious and anti-Jesus that I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I can't get down with that. I don't want to be mean or hate on anyone's sense of humor, but one of my friends was just watching South Park, and I sat through about three episodes, and every single joke made me cringe. Well, something else you got to keep in mind. The first season, the first several seasons, if not every single season, the show was meant to be offensive. And they have not changed with the times. Their jokes have not lightened up. Their insults and blatant attacks on certain groups, people, religions, name it have not gotten softer. So yeah, it's going to feel cringe when you look at it through the eyes of 2022, where everyone has to be super sensitive, super careful, and super aware in this new woke society. I just find it extremely difficult to not cringe at the show. I'm sure there's a huge audience, and that's why the show is still going, I think. But man, it's just not for me. Is that a good argument? We should start breeding giant spiders to get their webs for real-life uses. This is from Reddit user Just a Normal Dude Today. Spider web is five times stronger than steel, so we can genetically modify the tarantula to be even bigger than it is currently, maybe the size of a dog. Then we can get even thicker spider webs to use and serve real-life purposes in designing infrastructures that are even more durable and provide better longevity. All that with low production cost once we develop the technology needed and necessary to make giant spiders a reality. No, thank you. I think that Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka is better than Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, says Becky DiCaprio from Reddit. A lot of people I've spoken to seem to prefer Gene Wilder's performance as Willy Wonka, especially because he originated the role in the movies and that they don't like Johnny Depp's version of it. It's probably because I grew up watching Tim Burton's version that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory rather than I did the original, but I much prefer the character when it comes to being played by Johnny Depp. I find Johnny Depp's to be a bit more humorous, whereas I find Gene Wilder a bit more creepy and mean, like an old man. Uh, frozen store-bought pizza is better than fresh-to-order pizza, says Mr. Tippenfold from Reddit. Frozen pizza has vastly improved from the early days of DiGiorno. There are many brands offering all kinds of zas from Trader Joe's burrata, prosciutto, and argu guala flatbread pizza, tombstone roadhouse, loaded double-down deluxe pizza, Newman's own all-natural thin and crispy recipe. There's really something for everyone, even cauliflower gluten-free and vegan options. Frozen pizza also tastes vastly better. Sure, I've had some lights out fresh pizza, but for me, nothing beats the Red Baron or Newman's own. You can heat the pizza to your desired crispiness or undercook for a softer side, however you prefer. In the end, frozen pizza is all around better than fresh, from price and variety to convenience and taste. There's just no comparison to the next time you're thinking of scarfing some za, head to your local market and pick up something 
with your favorite toppings. Is that a good argument? I like when the toilet seat is still warm from the last person who sat their bare ass on it. You might as well say that. McKinley Riley from Reddit. You heard the title. You know exactly what I mean. I've always heard all my life. Ooh, the seat is still warm. Or, I hate when the toilet seat is warm. But I've never agreed with it. And my lonesome... I've come to like when the seat is warm. I hate to put it out this in public, but it's true. It's so nice. No more worrying if the seat is frozen because the AC is blasting. Or if the seat is made out of some ceramic that it freezes your ass. It's comfort. It's like a Bluetooth high five between you and your last user. It's like buying a car because your friend has the same model. Oh, this is horrid. Oh, I don't know what's... I would not... No, I don't... Nah, that's that's horrid. I like the sensation of flies crawling on my skin. It feels nice. It says Radical Radish Salad. I'm aware that various things fly do, flies do and where they go, but I'm not inclined to shoo them off every time. Sometimes I just let them exist. I like the way their legs tickle when they crawl on my skin. I should also clarify that I don't mean dozens at a time. One or two is plenty. Same goes for spiders. They're cute AF and generally do not do anything dangerous where I live. And most other insects, really, yeah, like mantises, beetles, etc. But flies are the one that grosses people out for obvious reasons. Is that a good argument for an unpopular opinion? Please hold for an important message from one of our sponsors. Available to order now, my first audiobook. Neil Parks presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available and last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. What? What is going on in Poland? Turns out a skeleton of a female vampire was unearthed at a cemetery in Poland. Pure astonishment. The remains of a female vampire have been unearthed by archaeologists at a cemetery in Poland, researchers announced last week. The Polish researchers came across the remains of a woman with a sickle around her neck and a triangle padlock on her foot at a gravesite in the village of Pian. The farming tool, according to the ancient beliefs, was supposed to prevent a diseased person thought to be a vampire from returning from the dead. The research team, led by Professor Darius Polinski of the Nicholas Copernicus University in Torun, 
made the unique discovery in late August. In an interview with the Polish press agency PAP, Magdalena Zagrodowska, who represented the research team, said the remains also had a silk headdress, which was woven with a gold or silver thread. While the padlock and sickle are linked to 17th century superstitions, Zagdroska said the cap is evidence of the high social status of this diseased. Zadrowska said that the sickle and padlock may have protected against the return of the diseased, which was probably feared. In this context, these practices can be considered so-called anti-vampiric. The farming tool was placed with the blade on the neck. It was believed that such an arrangement would cause the head to be cut off if the deceased tried to get up. This is interesting. We've got deceased and diseased. So it's diseased deceased because of the vampire illness that was believed to uh, run rampant at that point in time. This type of practice became common throughout Poland in the 17th century. As a response to a reported vampire epidemic, Polanski explained that in addition to practices with a sickle, sometimes corpses were burned, smashed with stones, or had their heads and legs cut off completely. Experts are planning further research at the cemetery, aided by new technologies for surveying the area. In addition, researchers from the Institute of Archaeology at the University of Krakow will conduct DNA testing on the remains to learn more about the deceased woman. In an interview with CBS News, Polinski said the fine left him speechless. Such a discovery, especially here in Poland, is astonishing. Especially now, centuries later, he said, pure astonishment. This is not the first such discovery in the country. Archaeologists led by Leslie Gregorike of the University of South Alabama in the United States found six so-called vampire skeletons at a cemetery in northwest Poland in 2014. Are mirrors portals for ghosts? What are your thoughts on that? It might seem so. Many believe that mirrors are a vessel of sorts to bring forth spirits into our conscious world surroundings. Throughout time, there have been numerous stories related to ghosts and spirits alike. Most of these are considered haunted tales, and many believe that these types of supernatural activities still happen today. Other generations' stories have been told regarding ghosts. Mirrors have often been spoken about in these stories as well. One of the biggest beliefs about ghosts and mirrors is that a mirror can become a portal for a spirit from another dimension. Dating back several hundred years in the belief that a mirror can and will at some point extract the very soul of someone simply by standing in front of one. A similar belief has been thought over time regarding someone getting their picture taken. When it happens, a part of this person is forever preserved within the photograph. The earliest way someone's likeness was captured was by drawing or sketching. Sculptors came along next, and what we have today is further technology with computers and more. And of course, when someone's very soul is sucked away and brought forth through a mirror, they lacked the precautions to preserve this. Superstitions were high back in ancient times. Many people even removed mirrors due to their religious belief. 
that the person might lose their very soul. Often when someone fell ill to some kind of sickness, they were thought to become vulnerable to the afterlife. Death would soon call, come knocking at the door with these vulnerable abilities and the person would fall victim to the negative powers bestowed upon a mirror. To help ward away anything bad from happening, people were warned to never look into a mirror during nighttime or by candlelight either. If someone did this, they were certain to see many different things, including demons and ghosts, foreseeing someone's own death or how they might die. This made people feel very uneasy. With these high superstitions, people thought it was best to cover their mirrors up before falling fast asleep. Otherwise, they would fall prey to something entering their very room, such as a ghost or a demonic type of force, even a doppelganger. Upon a dark night, if the room is covered with mirrors, it would be the best to never have one's bed directly in front of a mirror. Something could come forth such a night and enter someone's life. They would likely be cursed or haunted from then on. Most commonly seen are apparitions entering the room or standing next to someone. Curious lighting distortions can occur. This might create some kind of illusion to happen. Whether or not it is day or night, high levels of spiritual activity can happen while in front of a mirror. Perhaps their previous owner wanted to rid themselves of whatever was affecting their life by bringing older mirrors into their home. Not everything is negative by nature. Sometimes people can make contact with good spirits. Perhaps it is possible that these spirits were reaching out as they were transcended between the world of the living and the dead. The phenomenon experienced by people in such quite diversity, it is wise to question everything in life as more answers are revealed to us over time regarding ghosts. The next time you step in front of a mirror, you might have a different perspective about it. The woman who woke up one morning with her life suddenly slightly altered. Lorena Garcia woke up in the morning and noticed minor differences. Her sheets were unfamiliar, and the pajamas that she was wearing were different from the ones she'd gone to sleep in. Her day got weirder when she went to work and discovered that her office was no longer hers, and she worked in the same building, but in a different department, under a boss she'd never met. Bamboozled, she returned home, only to find that her ex-boyfriend was there. Only he wasn't her ex. He was her current boyfriend, her new lover, whom she'd been dating for months. The newest one was nowhere to be found. Lorena believes she woke here, but she's from a parallel universe where the differences are as small as her bedspread and as significant as her love life. <laughs> Well, I'll see you next time on another episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Thanks for hanging out with me this long and for listening to me amber on for a little over 30 minutes. Hope you enjoyed this week's content. If you have any questions, complaints, or want to share a story with me, please email me at parksparanormal at gmail.com. You can also find me on TikTok at NeilTheNerd or Superfly Sci-Fi Guy, or just at the Neil Parks on Google. Through that, you can find 
my bookstore, my Amazon link, my IMDb, my Twitter feed, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok account. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time.